yeah, the little okay. thing is red. Cool. I wanted to just start it ahead of time. Like, I don't know. Why yeah. Not? What? Just, just do it. Just do it. Just, just do, do it, girl. <laughs> do what you. I feel, feel really giddy right now. Me too. <laughs> and I think it has to do with the fact that we're ending this book, which is sad to say, but <laughs> I think that yeah, there's multiple levels to the giddiness. Yeah. Like, we have just recorded four episodes now. Woo! and this book is done um yeah okay so welcome to the tiny shed book club where we host a book club for those people who don't actually want to go to a book club (laughs) it couldn't have gone gone 100 percent right you know it was like hey by the way take your meds i'm like i'm out of my meds stop bothering me (laughs) Leave it in. Okay, leave it in. Um, so I'm Tia, and I am the president of Spurts Fan Club. Ooh, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> You're gonna campaign for him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I was very excited to see Spurt and Vesley come back. Yeah. Um, I'm Chandler, and I will never, ever witness in a call. <laughs> And I remember what a call is this time. Yes! And that is really good. <laughs> I, and I think the obvious reason is that I thought it was going to happen in this book, and it never did. Never. And I'm kind of mad about it, because literally from chapter one of Varg, I think. Yeah. It was, he was talking about it. I'm like, all right, it's going to happen. Never. Never. And I, I anyways. We get close so many times. And I'm just like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. <laughs> nope. Dreams shattered. So this is, as we said, the Tiny Shed Book Club, and this is episode four and the final episode of The Shadow of the Gods by John Gwynn. Chapters 40 through 53, we did it! <laughs> <laughs> um, I So I have an idea of where we should start and okay. then middle and end just because of the way the book ends. Yeah. So I was thinking... Because the book ends with Varg, and Varg's story is, he ends directly tied into Orca's story, I think we should maybe start with Elvar? Okay, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Little Miss Elvar is first. (sighs) This girl's so annoying. I would like to start out by saying that I think that Elvar could have just been completely cut out of this book, and I wouldn't have missed anything yeah i think her storyline is like the weakest it is sure she seems very unnecessary and somehow always ends up in important scenes but just because she's kind of like inserts herself yeah like she's kind of the annoying child that's like wait for me wait for me yeah she's that person that like never realizes how much privilege they have and so they always just kind of like end up in like great things and they're like why doesn't everybody just end up here you're like (laughs) but yeah so i find elvar completely unnecessary i would agree um so i think where we ended off last time was Mm -hmm. that when they were like fighting the little tenors and they went through that little battle scene yes Mm -hmm. okay because we pick up pick up we pick up we pick up (laughs) we pick up where uh the battle grim are being treated for their wounds uh uspa the witch she's helping out Mm -hmm. and grend is like unconscious and elvar is like super upset and concerned about it yeah yeah 
And Agnar is trying to, like, comfort her and say, I'm sure he's going to wake up soon. Uh, and by the way, you know, like, we're in the Battle Grim, so if we die, we die. It's kind of the way, you know, we're not going to, he, he says something about like, we're all going to die or we won't die old and Greng in our beds um, because they're warriors. Uh-huh. I think, so eventually Gren does wake up. Elvar's like, yay. Battle death. I know you're awake. <laughs> and Elvar goes to thank Bior because Bior is the one who basically saves the two of them. Uh-huh. Uh, and from thanking him they just kind of like start hooking up immediately go to sex i i just i'm so mad about this romance it's i don't even you can't even call it romance it's like not even well flushed out no i literally wrote when they like have sex i wrote chandler's gonna love this i was (laughs) furious and I, I'm just going to jump ahead because then the next chapter we see Elvar, mm-hmm. uh, she and Bjor are like boning every night. And there's like some gross, like kind of pillow talk, like, let me learn about you, baby. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, it makes me like, I literally wrote the word gag in my book because I just, it feels so forced. It does. Mm-hmm. I love like, I love spice in books. Mm-hmm. Like, I love it. Yeah. But I wrote down multiple times. I was like, this is so awkward. Like, she suddenly becomes, like, so involved in him. And, she, like, yeah, that pillow talk where she's like, yeah, baby, like, where you from? <laughs> it's like, you didn't like the dude in the first half of this book. And now all of a sudden you're, like, all in. Uh, yeah. It was, I, it was just so. And I think this is one of the main problems I have with this book in particular is all the relationships between characters seems really shallow. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like -hmm. it's very surface level. It's not very deep. And I'm like, I truly don't care about this relationship at all. That sucks because I really enjoy reading like some romance Mm -hmm. and all the, um, I don't know, flirting and like sexy time. But this was just not, didn't do it for me at all. It wasn't it, Chief. No. It wasn't it. I did, and then I loved that we're starting to see, like, so, you know, Elvar's getting all involved in Bior, so she kind of ends up hanging out with him a lot, and as we've seen in the past chapters, like, Bior is hanging out a lot with the, like, tainted thralls that are in their group. Um, he's with Uspa and the Hunder thrall guy, and I know he says that they have names specifically in this chapter, but as per the usual, I cannot remember anybody's name. It's like Ilmer or something. Yeah. I loved that she comes over and she's like, just is a bigoted asshole. Yep. And that Bjor calls her on it. And he's like, they Mm -hmm. have names, you know. And like, she gets embarrassed. I loved that, that she was like, oh, I never even thought about that before. And I was like, you never thought that this like human that you're, like, subjugating has a fucking name. Mm-hmm. So I loved that Bior was, like, putting her in her inner place, but we do start to see, or even more, of Bior's, like, pretty close relationship with the, like, tainted of the group. Yep. Um. So I just kept writing, like, over and over. I was like, oh, this bitch in on something. This bitch <laughs> in on something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Um. And that comes back, like, kind of at the end of her Mm storyline. And so at a certain point, it talks about how Elvar 
again, is just like obsessed with going to this Oscu tread place to get her fame and get all the relics and whatever else. And Uspa is saying that it's going to be like a curse for them. And she thinks that there are more important things in life, like uh-huh. love and kinship and passion and friendship and whatever. And Elvar is like, no, you're wrong. Uh, Kinship is stupid because my family sucks and, like, Grend and everyone else in the Battle Grim is more my family than my actual family. And Uspa's just like, well, you're kind of dumb. And I think she really just says you're young and naive, but she's really just calling her dumb. Yeah. And I think that's another one of those things where, like, Uspa's like, I'm not talking about blood family, you fucking idiot. I'm talking about, like kinship and love with the people you like choose to have around you like you don't have to have blood to have family elvar completely misses the point again yeah which (laughs) goes to show how dumb she is ugh elvar so yeah so as they're marching to go to um oscatred or aka (laughs) oscaturd um they stumble upon um and we'll see this kind of throughout this last set these dead eagles that there have been like broken and like hanging from these like rune stones or just in these forests and as they're marching they find like basically a whole field of these like fucked up eagles and i just was like oh man some stuff serious biz Mm -hmm. is gonna happen Mm -hmm. um and so when they get there so when they finally get to um you know, Oscatred and the the tree where the gods fell. Um, they find all these mounds of like where the bodies fell and the dirt has like covered them over. And they end up finding that there's like a tree spirit, Froa. Um, right? That's her name? Froa? Oh, no, Wasn't, it's Vorn. It's yeah, Vorn. Yeah, Froa was the one at Orca's yes. homestead. Vorn. Yeah. Is the one that lives in the tree in Oscaturd. Um <laughs> and so she's like yo i've been here for like 300 years you are not coming any closer i am here to protect this and one of the agnar's idiots like goes up and he's like i don't not gonna listen to a tree lady and then she like just pones him yeah she like (laughs) takes her little tree branches or her roots and she like sticks them on the ground and she says like shut up fat man or something like that (laughs) I was dying. I loved that. And she comes up with all these great names for him, like Fat Maggot and like Fat Worm. And She's like- just completely uh, roasting. Uh, I think it's Sigvot. Yeah. She has no time for Sigvot's biz. Um, but she's like, fine, you dummies. If you are going to like, you carry in crows, if you're going to come here to like loot, like loot and then get out of here. So as they're looting, we see Ilska, the raven feeder leader, mm pull up with her like entire raven feeder clan and i was as a side note i was like um what we just didn't notice that a whole other crew of people were like going to the exact same place as you and they're there like not that long after the battle grim get there so we're like exactly how did you not notice this the other thing i was thinking of is that there's some mention of it's been 300 years since the gods fell and no one's been there and i'm like how in 300 years have has this been the first group to come across this place yeah like it just seems 
kind of impossible. But I know. And I was like, the fact that it was like, Loki super easy to get there. You just need a witch to like make the bridge appear. Uh, yeah. And I was like, have Ilska and her people like been there for a while? Like, were they the ones that left the eagles for them? Like, mm. how, but again, how did you not notice that like a whole other group of people are going to there? But anywho, so the Ilska shows up and it turns out that Drekker, who Orca is after, is Ilska's brother my brain exploding (laughs) yeah i was like wait a minute what yeah and then i but i also again side note i was like for ilska being such an apparently important character Mm -hmm. why do i know literally nothing about her yeah she's just like ilska the cruel and we're supposed to be like scared of her yeah that's it and then it's like oh yeah she's at the end and apparently she's like got a whole big connection to fucking everybody in this whole book yeah anywho so ilska shows up Drekker is her brother. Um, Agnar is like, yo, get out of here. This is our spot. And Ilska's like, um, I, I do not have time for you in any <laughs> shape, manner, or form. Yep. So she sends, who apparently is like her other brother. Yeah. Who is like a large fighter man. I can't remember Warrior his name. Dude. I don't, I didn't even write that one down. Um, To do a... Um, Homonga or something? Yeah, Homonga, which is that, like, duel, basically, between yeah. two people. Um, and so Agnar and this guy fight. Um, this guy's apparently supposed to just win um, because as they're fighting, we learn that this guy is tainted. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is starting to, like, kind of kick Agnar's butt. And then Agnar actually ends up winning. He, like, right. stabs like shield splinters through this guy's face. Epic. So which epic. Which is really dope. Yeah. But then um Bjor steps up and stabs Agnar in the mouth with a spear. With a spear down his throat. Down his throat. And I would like to say I felt so vindicated. I was like Oh really? I called it. I called oh. it from the jump that this he had other motives yes (laughs) i felt very proud of myself um but yeah so big shock bjor Mm -hmm. is like you know against agnar and then he reaches out to elvar and he's like come with me and she's like no you killed him and he's like yeah because he's a slave trader right like you're seriously okay with just being with this guy who like collects people and like sells them to Mm -hmm. others and she was like meh but he, Agnar. And she's like, you killed that guy Thrud that we didn't talk about at all. And he just oh. died in the... <laughs> yeah, that was brought up and I was like, mm, I don't really remember who that is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember <laughs> that he died and it was like supposed to be important, but... I know. And I was like, I had no emotional connection to yeah. Thrud, but yep. apparently everybody else does. <laughs> um, And so a big... Also, again, aside, Agnar and Elvar's relationship is hecka weird. Yeah. Like... Every time they talk, it's like, is this, like, sexual? Oh, really? Yeah. It just felt like... interesting. The way the author was describing it was like, this is flirting. Mm. Like, this is... And, like, why does Agnar care so much about her? Like, he has an entire team. Like, why does... Why her? That's interesting. I I didn't get that from it, but I definitely was like, how come he's just letting this kind of whiny, young, naive person follow him around like a puppy all the time like she's always like agnar 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 and i'm just like you're annoying 
Yeah. Yeah, their relationship was weird. Yeah, very weird. Um, And so in that weirdness of the relationship, when Agnar dies, somehow Elvar, like, starts to lead the battle grim in this battle. She's like, for oh. Agnar! Yeah, I'm, like, rolling my eyes as I'm reading this scene. I'm like, you are so annoying. Yeah, just doesn't make any sense. And she, like, inserts herself as Agnar second since Sigva is, like, tied to the ground. Yep. So they this huge battle ensues between Ilska's raven feeders and the battle grim. The battle grim create a shield wall, and they seem like they're doing really, really great. Um, Elvar gets her arm sliced, so she basically can't use her arm anymore. Mm-hmm. So Grend pulls her out of the battle, and... You know, he's trying to heal her and stuff. And then they see that Ilska brings all of the children that they have brought with them. And they cut all of the children's hands and all of the raven feeders. And they bleed their blood (laughs) (laughs) over the trap door that has been, like, grumbling and rumbling that Vorn, the tree spirit, has been guarding. Yep. And these people awake... Lichrifa, mm-hmm. the dragon, and they are apparently all dragonborn. Yep. Which throughout the entire book, they're like, the dragonborn, we've never seen a dragonborn. They don't exist. No dragonborn. And then in this book, we've seen like 15 dragonborn people. <laughs> and I'm like, apparently they're not that rare, guys. Like, <laughs> You're just really bad at spotting them. <laughs> <laughs> you just have no idea who they are. Um, and so Lichrifa pops out as this giant, basically super, super gross dragon thing she's got like corpses hanging from her wings and shit yeah and i was like okay this description of this dragon is disgusting but then when licorifa turns into a woman i was like oh it gets worse yeah (laughs) (laughs) like she's apparently like covered in pus yeah that was i think i just blacked out reading that because i was just like i don't want to know that and so i just all i remember (laughs) is like maybe she has red hair or something is that is that even accurate someone has red hair someone has red hair (laughs) because when she pops out of the ground there are randomly like three fighter women i can tell you who that is that is Erd, Verdani, and Skuld, and those are Orna and Ulfrir's daughter. So Orna is the sister of Lickrifa, and she's, she's the eagle. E- is right? she an eagle? I thought she was another dragon. Mm, Orna's the eagle. Okay, Orna's the eagle. <laughs> she's the one who trapped Lickrifa mm-hmm. underground, and they're the sisters that like have beef with each other, and so Ulfrir is the wolf god I, if i'm remembering correctly and those mm-hmm. two have the three daughters and i believe that's the three like winged women that we see who mm-hmm. are who are trying to bring down Lycrifa after she uh is released yeah and they apparently had another sister the valkyrie who Lycrifa killed mm. apparently Lycrifa killed valkyrie oh, oh oh that's right yeah 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 and then these three other sisters are apparently like bound to like keep Lickrifa in the pit mm-hmm. but when Lickrifa gets out they are fighting her and then Ilska and her dummy brothers kill the uh winged women mm-hmm. and then Lickrifa becomes that disgusting woman woman and she's like, thanks for coming and getting me and she like pets Ilska on the face. Oh it's so creepy. So creepy. And then she's like, how's the world now? dude the interaction's so awkward (laughs) so weird and then she's like i need to go to the nostrandir yeah some some other place she's like i don't want to be here i'd rather be in nostrandir so like later 
Yeah, and then she just takes off. Yeah. And then Ilska's like, all right, everybody, let's go. And like gets everybody <laughs> and then just like leaves. <laughs> and Elvar is just sitting there like, what the actual fuck just happened? Yeah. And we, the, all the battle grim are just, at least in my mind, this is how I picture the scene. They're all just like laying. Like yeah. They've been knocked down and not, not a one of them has gotten up. <laughs> and they're just staring. They don't know what to do. And that's that's where we leave Elvar um, is with Lake Riffa, little dragon ladies flown off somewhere. And they're just kind of like, well, that was weird. Yeah. And Elvar says that she has just like witnessed the like beginning of like the end of the world. Oh, like, did she say that? Yeah, it's like oh, something like okay. she was remembering that Uspa was like, this is a curse upon us all. Yeah. And she's like, this is a curse. And like, we're watching the destruction of the world. And we just like watched it happen. And I was like, yeah, oh. you were warned like the mm-hmm. entire mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. That this was a terrible idea. <laughs> and you were like, no. I'm so, I want my battle fame. I, I've never seen it. So it's not real. <laughs> I, I hate her. Seriously? She has... Ugh. No point at all. She's unnecessary. <laughs> Agreed. So is there anything else we need to cover with Elvar? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Because I think, think we're ready to... And I was hoping we could do Orca first. All right. Orca and then go to Varg. Yeah, I think that's okay. a, good, a good way of doing it. Okay. Uh, so when we pick up with Orca, mm-hmm. she is... She thinks she owes the brothers, so Mordenlith, a blood debt to help them, like, achieve their vengeance against Goodfar. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, kind of has this internal battle where she's she she wants to find her son, but she's, like, but blood debt. And then she's, like, well, you know, blood debt. So she's, like, going to mm. help Mordenlith. And I was just, like, that it seems so out of character for her. Like, this whole time mm-hmm. she's been such tunnel vision to go get Brecca that all of a sudden she's like, well, you guys saved me for like a minute there. So I guess I will like alter my path to go do what you want to do. Yeah. Like I was just like, that just doesn't, I mean, we end up, you know, being more on Orca's path shortly after, but it just seemed really weird that she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll put a hold on that for a minute. Yeah, it, it did. And that she keeps mentioning like, um, the loss of Brecca is, like, weighing so heavily on her. Yeah. And, yeah, it does seem, like, really odd. Like, if you're trying to go after your kid, like, really helping these guys kill a dude is, like... Who's just kind of an asshole because... I mean, well, I guess he did kill their dad. But, you know, it just seems like Orca should be way more concerned with her son. Yeah. It it definitely seems, like, out of character for her. For sure. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one that was like, what the heck? Yeah, Um, no. So anyways, she's like, all right, let's go do this Goodvar thing. So they end up at a farm where they see Goodvar and some Drengers. Mm-hmm. And she she's letting the boys, the two brothers, decide whether they're going to stand and fight or if they're going to flee. And mm-hmm. this is just like some weird drawn out scene where they're like, fight? Maybe or maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. And... And they end up taking too long to decide, and they kind of hesitate. So Orca's like, yeah, I think because we're hesitating, we should just go. Yeah. Um, so they end up fleeing, and then they're being chased by Goodvar and his troop. Mm-hmm. And this goes on for a while, um, catching up to them, and they get to this bridge. And Orca and the two brothers end up crossing the bridge, <laughs> and then Orca lights it on fire. 
Oh, yeah. So that it, I'm assuming it just like, you know, disintegrates and the others can't can't pass on the bridge. And she's just like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so they end up deciding that they're going to go to the Boneback Mountains to Grimholt Pass where they know or they were informed that Drecker is supposed to be. And uh-huh. she's hoping that her son is there. And so she thinks they're kind of like killing two birds with one stone. They're like going to go find Drecker. At the same time, Goodvar is going to be like tailing them. Uh-huh. And she's kind of like, well, whatever comes first comes first, you know? Yeah. Which was weird. She's like, either we'll get to Grimholt Pass and we'll save my son. Or if like Goodvar gets to us, then we'll just have to fight him, I guess. Which seems like a not very well thought out plan. Yeah. And Mord and like Liv tell her again, like this seems to be your only plan is just like fighting five times more people than you and she's like you're not wrong and they're like it's they'd use that stupid phrase where they're like it's not very deep cunning and she's like you're not wrong but like (laughs) she's just like she's like oh well sucks for you yeah so as they're moving through the boneback mountains and grimholt pass they again come across all these strung up eagles Mm -hmm. um so again we are seeing strung up bodies strung up eagles like they are clear warnings that like stuff is gonna happen if Mm -hmm. we go past that so they go past and they're like moving through the forest and the pass and stuff and they end up in like a frost spider (laughs) like zone so gross and they end up seeing this giant raven like they're so they're moving through they know they're in a a frost spider thing. They hear like a help, help, mm-hmm. help. So they go and it's a gigantic raven stuck in a frost spider web. And Orca remembers that she's going to leave. And yeah. she remembers Brekka saying, but mom, like this is not a good way to die. Mm-hmm. So she's like, cause he saved a moth from a spider. Yep. And so she's like, okay, I guess I got to help. So they all like run in to go start killing these frost spiders. And there's this giant battle and Lif gets bit by a frost spider, which makes his, like, whole, all his veins, like... He freezes. He freezes, basically. Yeah. He's not dead. He's just frozen. And so they're battling, and a second raven shows up to help the first raven. Mm-hmm. And they end up freeing the raven. Um, the ravens, like, leave and help kind of kill the last remaining spiders. Um, and also... There are giant ravens in this world? Yeah, that was new. Was that it? was weird. What? Yeah. Like, just it's a little late, but out, okay. Yeah, out of nowhere, we learned that, oh, yeah, there are giant, like, normal animals, too, mm-hmm. by the way. And there's, like, these ravens that can wanna, talk. I just want to add, during the during this fighting spider scene, there's a lot of, like, things bursting and lots of, like, fluids. <laughs> and I was just like, this is exactly not what I want to be reading right now. Like, I already... I'm unsettled by Spidey's. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and having to read how they like burst and like puss around. And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> it, was, it was not a great scene for me. Yeah, it was uh, pretty gross. And then, so correct me if I'm wrong, that after they kill all the spiders, Skulk? Yeah. That bitch Skulk. Yep. Who, um... <laughs> He he's a he's a heck of baddie. Yeah. Um. He shows up, and he like basically like 
bops her on the head <laughs> with, with his like staff. Or because like, oh guys, we gotta go now. Like I, mm-hmm. I feel like she either knows him or gets a bad vibe or something. And he's like, nope. And yeah, literally just <laughs> smacks her on the head. And knocks her out mm-hmm. and knocks, assumingly knocks Mord out. Yeah. And then they take them to this tower, which is apparently the, like, stronghold at Grimholt Pass. Uh, yeah, I think so. And so he takes her in there and, okay, this scene to me, so much of it did not make sense. Mm. But there's another guy um, who's, like... She's hanging, so they've got her. They hang her in the, like, tower dungeon thingy. And they ask her questions, and she answers, like, I'm looking for Brekka. I'm looking for Drekker. Like, at first she lies, and they're like, yo, you're lying. And she's like, you got me. Yep. And she's like, I'm looking for Drekker and Brekka. And then they just start yelling, shut up. Like, stop talking. I think it's because the... Whoever those, like, extra people are who are there, um, I think they're in on it. But it's very clear that Skulk is not in on it. Oh, okay. Because gotcha. he's like, wait, what? And Orca can see that Skulk is very interested in what she's saying. And so she's like talking directly to him. She's like, wait, wait, wait. Like, Drecker is doing this thing. And they're all telling her to shut up because they don't want Skulk to know. Okay. I, okay. Is, is the vibe I got. Gotcha. All yeah, right. And that it makes, was weird. Okay. And that makes sense because then Skulk is like, because Drecker is like, or not Drecker. Um, Orca is like, I saw him talking to the queen's son. And then he's like, well, what do you mean you've been talking to the queen's son? And this guy's like, I don't know. He just was like, do some stuff. We were just told to let Drekker do whatever he wanted. Yeah. Okay. That makes total sense. Because I was like, who is this dude? And why all of a sudden he's like, shut up. I'm going to ask you a question, (laughs) but shut up. (laughs) Yeah. Something's going on behind Skulk's back is is the vibe I get. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And she says the noseless dude, right? Because one of them doesn't have a nose. Wait, really? I think so. Is She's like, no- I one think- of them is like fucked up in the face <laughs> and she just refers to him as the like fucked up uh, face guy. Okay, that's funny because like I don't remember that, but I probably read it and was like, ew. And then just like <laughs> s- skipped over it. I'm like, that's an interesting fact. I don't want to read that again. <laughs> mm, gross. <laughs> um, and so, um, do, do, do. So they're interrupted because Goodvar uh arrives yes that's right and so goodvar comes up to the tower <laughs> he immediately sees morton he's like sticks him with us like l- nothing he's like you thought i was an arsling a night nighting arsling or whatever and he sticks him yeah uh so kills more lif is Morn. i know it was sad lif is you know upset and screaming and trying to get out and orc is also like screaming and trying to get free and Mm -hmm. she keeps throughout the whole time that they're at grimholt pass or at the tower she keeps hearing kids screaming or a child screaming yes and Mm -hmm. it's been like uh upsetting her this whole time and i think she finally you know with the help of goodvar being an asshole she she kind of can't help it anymore and she turns is that yeah i think she like half turned like she's like ripping she's like gets really sharp teeth or something and is like uh-huh. able to get free so she's like kind of turning and she gets free and then 
basically the rest of the chapter is her savagely killing a bunch of people and like tearing them apart and just uh-huh. like blood and mess and screaming and people are like deciding whether they need to fight her or they're like running away because they're like I don't want to deal with her. Yeah, and um, the ravens come. Yup. To help. Yup. I think the raven takes Goodvar. I think the raven is like and like takes the raven takes somebody away. Okay, I don't know who. Um and then um, and then, and then. then we get Spurt and Vastly fucking yeah. show up and they start doing some damage. Like Spurt's like, yeah, 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 this is stinging. Th- it's amazing. That is what I have been waiting for. Like besides the call, um, this, <laughs> this whole book is for Spurt and Vestley to come be little sidekicks messing shit up. And finally it happens. It was so amazing. And that I love Spurt is like, I finally found you mistress. Yeah. Like he's been trying Searching so far. Her. And the Ravens were like, yo, I brought these, I brought these buddies of yours. I brought and, your homies. And then they're like, Pow! and it was Oh, it's just so good. I wrote, woo, Spurt and Vathley. <laughs> I do have a, a thing when um, when Orca's, like, explaining to, like, um, Morden Liff, like, her bad choices. Um, they're like, that seems dangerous. And then she goes, this is Vigrid. Living is dangerous. Oh, and I, I just want to say this because I thought it was really funny. I wrote it down and I was like, that is some serious Instagram fuckboy shit. To say. <laughs> like, living is dangerous. Oh, my God. And I was like, what? That's the dumbest line I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. But a- anyway, um, Orca's, as Chandler said, Orca's chapter ends with her, like, just wrecking mm-hmm. everyone at Grimhold Pass. Yep. And that's where we leave Orca. Yeah. And are we ready for Varg? We are ready for Varg. All right. I'm excited. I got to say, Varg's storyline at the end here was the best. Yeah. Yeah. So good. It was good. It was really good. Oh, and we should say that it becomes, in like, super clear. Like, we've been guessing and we've been kind of having hints that yeah. um, Orca is tainted. Right. And at the end, we clearly get she is definitely tainted by the mm-hmm. wolf god Ulfrir. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get closure there that yes. like she is in fact tainted, um, knows it. And yeah, so that is also some notes that we should say for Orca. Um, do you want to start with Varg? Just because there was something in this first chapter that we had with Varg uh, in this round that I was like kind of confused by. So I think it's better if you start with this one. Yeah. Um. So so they show up to they're hiking through the forest, um, in the Boneback Mountains, mm-hmm. and they stumble upon kind of like this clearing sort of thing, and they end up seeing like, um, this bad dude and like a bunch of like. Apparently they're called Skraylings. Oh yeah, another new another new thing. Yeah. that we don't get explained at all. Yeah. Just, just that they're kind of ugly. Yeah. They're like human-like, but really ugly. Yeah, that's it. I don't, I think they're basin, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, so there's Skraylings and they have a bunch of like thralls and then they have um, like a troll mm-hmm. that's kind of like helping or leading them, but there's a troll involved. Yes. involved. And Varg is like, yo, I can sense some serious bad juju. He's coming. got like blood stuff again and he's his like veins. his veins and there's like vibrations and he's 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 being all weird he's getting tingly senses his veins be a tingling <laughs> we got tingly veins um so 
they see this and the blood sworn basically are like, let's go do this. And so they kind of like run in and start attacking. And again, we get a lot of like um, baloney about um, uh, troll testicles, which is like, for the love of God. And I knew you were going to be mad about that. It's like, good. He only mentioned them one time, though. He did. It didn't go on and on and on. It was, we just had to say that it has testicles. Right. And it's like, well, did we even have to say that at all? Did we need to know? No, we didn't. I don't think so. And as they're going in, we get this red mist again Mm -hmm. comes in Varg's vision, which is like how Orca describes her, her um, taintedness is there's a red mist in Mm -hmm. her eyes. Um, And um, yeah, they go in and they fight um, all these people. He and Torvik have like a good save each other moment oh yeah during the battle which was which was really cool that's why i wrote that i I wrote down your found family can teach you new ways to honor your blood family Mm. and i was like why did i write that down because torvik (laughs) was being a little badass because torvik is being a sweet baby angel yeah like he always is yeah (laughs) um and we see this apparently another dragonborn guy come out Mm -hmm. with this bone sword who is like apparently gonna like attack like kill glornier like he's like close to just fucking him up right and varg is like oh oh heck no Mm -hmm. and varg goes all cray cray on this bloodsworn guy and ends up totally killing him yep and then he kind of just blacks out that's what it seems like. Oh, he does get, like, totally thwomped by the bone sword. Thwomped. <laughs> yeah, he gets hurt by it. Yeah, he... So he, like, mm, turns, and it sounds like he's wolf, wolfkin or whatever, and then he ends up, yeah, messing up dude with the bone sword, but uh-huh. then he gets, like, yeah, whacked with it, so he passes out. And then when he wakes up, they're in a catacomb, which they're talking about is supposed to be Rod of the Rats, yeah, it's the cave that all those, like, thralls and the Skraelings oh, and we're, the troll were, like, moving in and out of. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so, and that, that's when we find out that it turns out that he's been struck with the bone mm-hmm. of the god of Orna, or of the god Orna. And that's why he's, like, so in pain, mm. because he got hit with, like, a bone god. Or no, a god bone. God bone. Yeah, god bone. <laughs> that's completely different <laughs> i was thinking i was like wow it really changes the whole like a bone god and then a god, god bone, bone yep. wildly completely different. <laughs> different that's like so okay when you you ever have like a beer in the shower yeah a shower so, beer okay yeah so it's called a shower beer uh-huh. but i my brain always calls it a beer shower <laughs> <laughs> And Aaron's like, that's a completely different concept. And when I slow down to think about it, I'm like, yes, that is exactly not what I'm doing when I have a beer in the shower. But my brain goes, beer shower. Again, totally, like, just flipping those two wildly different different things. I'm not bathing in beer, I promise. Um, So Varg has a uh, beer shower, or (laughs) he gets hit by a god bone. Uh, Oh, my gosh. Uh, Oh, okay. So then he's all fucked up mm-hmm. and Torvik is like, I'm so proud of you. And he like keeps calling him a brother and Varg 
is like about damn time thinking about him as a brother too and he's mm-hmm. like i love this guy uh vol is th- or vol is thanking him for saving her and glornier uh-huh. and she's also kind of helping heal him and we learn that uspa is her sister <laughs> another just like brain shattering revelation yeah i was like um hold up what that's the person they've been going where she's supposed to have met us by now. Oh my God. I didn't even put that together. Oh, really? No, I, I was forgot. Like, That's the person. I totally forgot that they were even, um, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> what? My mind was just blown that they were sisters. <laughs> I was like, that's enough for me. <laughs> this girl has a sister. <laughs> um, I also love when he wakes up, Rokia is there and she's like picking on him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I love this. And also Chandler totally called it. <laughs> yup. But like, it's been weird because the last, I don't know, most of the book, like at the beginning when they met each other, it was like, oh my gosh, they're totally flirting and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Varg can't pick up on any of it. But no. uh, and then it was like, after they were like initially flirting, it, it just kind of tapered out yeah then he just stopped mentioning her exactly and then it was just like (laughs) i guess we're not we're not doing that and then now we're like no we're we're back to psych yeah 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 she been there the whole time (laughs) but so yeah so vol is like thank you so much for saving us um you know i i understand like losing a sister i have a sister um and then out of nowhere oh my god skulk comes in and just stabs again we get oh. mouth stabbing mm-hmm. he like stabs torvik right in the mouth yeah that's gross and there is a battle of people like fighting and um you know skulks like little stupid um like um assistant guys <laughs> um are they're they're being dumb and getting like Rokia and Varger like Varg's like struggling trying to like help and then Skulk takes um Vol right with he, him. he hits her unconscious and take so so even before that she she Vol told Varg she's like I'm willing to do the a call for you she, mm-hmm, you know if mm-hmm. if Glornier allows it um and that's kind of the, the first time that Varg has heard from the Bloodsworn that it's becoming more of an option, you know, via, yeah, through uh-huh. them. And I think that that's t- it's timely that that's when Skulk comes in because he uh-huh. wants to perform it for Varg because, yeah, yeah because he obviously wants Varg on his side. Um, I wrote, <laughs> I wrote, Skulk comes skulking around. <laughs> <laughs> so he, yeah, he kills Torvik. What an ass. Yeah, I, mean, I was like, why'd you got to do Torvik so dirty like that i mean we knew he was gonna die yeah but but that was yeah it was he was done dirty yeah it wasn't even like an honorable death no like i figured torvik would have died doing something honorable like saving varg in battle but that was just shitty yeah he's just again sweet baby angel Mm -hmm. and he just gets just wrecked (laughs) poor torvik but i loved i wrote i was like chapter 45 with varg i was like Mm. Best chapter yet. Mm-hmm. Well done. Well paced. Characters are fantastic. We're getting a real connection between them. We're starting to get an emotional like connection with Vol being like, I also have a sister. You know, he's mm-hmm. starting to feel the connection of like, I can honor my sister by being with these people. Yep. Look at them. They're, they trust me. I've never been trusted. Like all this kind of stuff. 
And I was like, wow, okay, we're doing it. That's some good character building. We're doing it. And so, yeah, chapter 45 is so good. And then Varg somehow gets, like, knocked out again. Well, so he, so Skulk is like, I want you to swear an oath to me. Oh, okay. And Varg is kind of pretending at first. He's like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, for sure. I can, let's, let's do this thing. And ends up killing one of Skulk's warrior dudes. And then Skulk's like, what the fuck, man? And then he hits him unconscious. Okay. Uh, kind of like with Orca. He just... He just... Yeah. That's his go-to. Just a little bop on the head. <laughs> so Skulk steals that bone sword and then takes Vol, uh-huh. which he like mentions. He's like, I've never seen a witch this strong before because he like thinks that he's like the biggest, baddest Galderman ever. He's yeah. Um, and then that's kind of where we end chapter 45. Yeah. So then next... Next we, we see them... Yeah, we learned something interesting about Vol. Um, Vol is <laughs> Glornir's wife. Yeah, what or the is Glornir's woman? Oh my god, I know. Yeah, the way that the way that was worded, I was like, Ugh, okay, <laughs> I know where we're going, and I appreciate it, but also we could have worded that better. Yeah, so we learned that Vol is Glornir's wife, mm-hmm. and Varg kind of wakes up and he hears this like he sees a a door or like a thing, something kind of like rattling, and um. Einar, the troll guy, is, like, holding it shut. And he's like, well, who's back there? And they're like, oh, it's Glornir. He's kind of, like, losing his mind that mm-hmm. Vol is gone. And then we learn that the Bloodsworn mm-hmm. are all tainted. <laughs> and I was like, uh, again, Varg's chapter is fucking coming through. I was like, what? I never in a million years saw that coming. Yeah. That, that was amazing. That all of them are tainted. Uh-huh. And that we learn that Glornir is a berserker. Yep. And he's currently berserkering behind yeah. the berserkering. door. Berserkering. <laughs> we learn that Svik, um, he is descendant from the fox god. Yep. However, didn't even know there was a fox god. Apparently we, there is. Okay, there's like th- that. And then uh, whoever, I can't remember who Jokul is. But okay, anyways, I have, you have a thought. I have a bone to pick with that, but I'll bring it up at the end. Okay, I just have a quick thing. Jokul is, like, from the badger god, Grofu, and I'm like, how many goddamn gods are there? Yeah, didn't know there was a badger god either. Yeah, okay, so what's your bone to pick with Jokul? Um, my bone to pick, and it's for the entire book, is I despise how John Gwynn is like, I'm going to name every single side <laughs> character in this book and then refer to them mm-hmm. by name down the line. Yeah. It's basically like we met this fisherman guy at the dock. The fisherman's name was Bob. And then only referring to it as Bob throughout the rest of the book. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know who Bob is. Like context. Con- like, no, you should be referring to him as the fisherman at the dock. Right. But John Gwynn names every single person in this book. And he's like, well, just hope you remember that. And he's like, remember who Jokul is. And I'm like, I don't. Who is Jokul? Is that the guy who else, who they were, some prince, remember some prince came up to them and was like, you have to give me one of your dudes because he's wanted for some crimes. That is guy's that this- apparently Skaldrig or something. It starts with an S. It's oh, okay. So it's different. Jokul I- is apparently some like Smith. Oh God. Okay. Then I just... I truly don't know who this is, which is See, fine. That, yeah, I was like, that. oh, it just made me furious. I was like, can you stop naming At a certain point, characters? I'm just, <laughs> at a certain point, I was just like, eh, it's a guy. Whatever. Like, oh, it drives me nuts. But anywho, so we learned that Jokul is from the Badger God. We learned that Rokia 
is she tells Varg, she's like, you are also tainted. Mm-hmm. And we're both from the wolf god. And then she kind of like blushes and he's all cute at him. And she's like, we're both wolfies. Oh my God. And Varg's like, it's weird you're smiling at me. <laughs> <laughs> he freaks out. And he, he like, because I think it's all very shocking to him. And he's like uh-huh. c- coming to terms with it. So he runs out of these caves and vomits, which th- I feel like this is like the third time he's vomited in this book. Yeah. He, so he vomits again, and he's just, like, thinking about how it makes so much sense, why he was, like, faster and stronger than everyone else on the farm, and why he was, like, put into the fights, because he had all these, like, strengths about him, and, like, why he could feel his sister Freya, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they kind of had, like, this weird bond, and how that makes more sense to him. So he, he ends up coming to terms with it. Yeah. Uh, and he's kind of grieving that he's now realizing that Torvik was like a real friend to him and is now gone. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that was, you know, kind of sad. And they, they end up being like, do you smell that? Like, and so they're all like sniff in the air and they smell blood and smoke. And b- sorry, before oh, this, yeah, yeah. Glornier is like, yo, you have done oh, 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 so right. well. Mm-hmm. And he gives him on his sword a like silver armband. The armband thing. And yep. he's like, the oath will come later, but you are blood sworn now. And let's That's go right. get yeah. my wife. And then the chapter ends in the dumbest way. And it's like, Skulk, beware. The blood sworn are coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but so yeah, so he, Varg is now like clearly blood sworn. Yeah. And they're like, let's go get Volbeck. <laughs> And they like take off, and then they're like, "Do you smell right, right, blood right. smoke?" Continue. Uh, okay, so then they 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 basically end up at Grimholtz in the towers, uh-huh. and they're all putting on their gear, their warrior gear, because they they think they're gonna have to like go into some battle right now. Mm-hmm. They see all these bodies, they see blood everywhere, and then they see they describe. A woman uh-huh. sitting like amongst the chaos with like bodies mm-hmm. and the two vases. Uh-huh. And the, what was it? It was I think it was Varg, Varg describing this how he was he was like and the tenor was eating nuts or something and then he realizes oh those aren't nuts those They're are teeth. human teeth and he's like <laughs> <laughs> and so then uh, he can see that Glornir recognizes her Mm -hmm. and so glornir kind of handles the rest of the scene and orca is saying he's not here he's not here i i think she's talking about brecca you know Mm -hmm. brecca's not here and glornir is asking about his brother who we learn is thorkel (laughs) another bombshell uh and then so she tells glornir that thorkel's no longer here he's he's dead and that brecca is gone and Uh that's that's the end of the book, basically, yeah. like like hug or something, and that's it. Yeah. So, I loved that because I did had I did not see that coming mm-hmm. that Glornier knew her, and then I also love that he goes Orca Skull Splitter, and I was like, oh my gosh, oh, we have yeah. been hearing of Skull Splitter this whole the time. whole book. Yeah, that they refer to um, Agnar in the Battlegrim, mm-hmm. um, some other person I can't remember right now, mm-hmm. and Skull Splitter. Yeah, as like some of like the biggest baddest warriors in vigrid and it's and it's orca it's orca <laughs> but yeah that like her and glornir are related to thorkel 
Mm-hmm. So Thorko must be a berserker too. Yep. Which makes me like for him being so sweet and loving yeah. and like for Orca, I just love it. But yeah. So, and then I think Glornier was like, we're going to, I think he says like, we're going to get him or something or. I don't remember, but I kind of just imagine that that's where it's heading anyways. Yeah. So that is where we leave Elvar with watching like Riffa go off to wherever like Riffa's going. Mm-hmm. We leave. <laughs> um, and then Orca and Varg end up together at the Grimholt Pass. So we finally have some storylines crossing. Yeah. And then, and that's, that's the end. I know. Of the I, book. I, okay, so I have like, yeah, let's get into some final thoughts. Final ye- thoughts and how we feeling. Oh my God. So many. And our final rating as well. Yeah. Okay. So final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm going to talk about the story itself first before like thoughts about the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's pretty obvious that Lake Riffa is going to go do some like war shit or she's going to like stir up chaos somewhere with her, her babies, her mm-hmm. little dragon children. I think that's fairly obvious. Uh-huh. And then I'm just still very confused about what's going on between some of these storylines. So like children were taken by Drekker. That's obvious. Yes. Who is Ilska's brother. Yes. And they do some weird blood tainted people stuff to get Lickriffa out of yes. her holding whatever underground. So I, th- I think uh, it sounded like maybe they needed the kids to do that. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that's fine. And then two of the children who were taken from our other two storylines are Uspa and Orca's sons. Yeah. Okay, fine. We learn that Uspa and Vol are sisters. Yes. Glornir and Thorkel are brothers. Uh-huh. And Glornir are, and Vol are partners. Or they're like wifey and husband or whatever. Uh-huh. And I'm just very confused as to, like, why did they need so, like, so many children? How are Orca's storyline and Uspa is going to, cr- like, it's, I just, I don't know where we, we're going with this, the, the, children being stolen yeah yeah i wrote i said the same thing like i was like why the kids though like why did we use the children like why did we need tainted Mm -hmm. children to help open the yeah thing like why have we still not seen brecca or baron yeah anywhere like we don't see baron in the group with ilska ilska says she has him yeah but we don't see him yeah um yeah i said the same thing i was like i don't like why why the kids that was really unclear, and I think it's still unclear as to why was it the um, was it the battle grim that was basically hired by uh, was it Helka by Queen Helka to go figure out why bodies were kind of shown up torn apart. Do you, know, do you remember this part? I think it was the blood sworn because that's why they had Skulk. Because Skulk worked with... Oh, I'm sorry. I probably said the wrong thing. So Bloodsworn, not the yeah. Battle Grim. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't quite understand the wrap-up of that storyline either. Because Queen Helka had some weird shit going on in her lands that they were supposed to go... Yeah, there were people being, like, torn apart. Yeah. And that just kind of didn't... Wasn't really uh, resolved. Yeah. I felt like he, he introduced a lot of, like conflict points to get them moving but the conflict points don't 
really connect to where he ended up. Yeah. Okay, so we think it's just kind of like a we needed the these groups to get on the move. I think to end up to the same place and we might not actually at least not yet get answers to. I guess cuz yeah, I felt the same way that I was like their starting points for a lot of these people don't make any sense for like where they end up. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, cuz yeah, I don't quite understand some of that either. Okay. Well, and I think the way this book ended is they Gwen left it very very much like he wanted you to read the second book. Mhm. Yeah. He's like, "Here's some crazy shit. Now, uh, if you would like to finish these storylines, come on over to book 2. <laughs> come on down. <laughs> It'll be a grand old time." <laughs> Do you have any other, like, thoughts on the storylines of the books or the book? Yeah, I, so I was, like, I ended up liking the connection points between all the characters, like, Mm -hmm. how they all related to each other. And Mm -hmm. I was, like, I felt that that was better done than I was imagining it was going to be. And I enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed that Glornier is, like, the brother-in-law to Orca. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed that we learned that, like, Uspa is a sister to, like, Vol. Like, it, I enjoyed those connection points. Um... However, I was like, I just, I, I, I felt so deeply confused throughout this whole book. Yeah. Between all of the names and the fact that like what we were just saying, like their starting points don't match where they're, they end up. Mm-hmm. And it, like, I just felt like so much isn't explained. It's just, we're thrown stuff at us the whole time. And I think what Gwen is trying to do is like, it's happening to us at the same time that it's happening to the characters. Right. Which is fine, but I just, and, you know, I just don't think it was well done. Yeah. I don't think he he did it well enough to make it feel like I was with the characters. I just felt, like, constantly, like, what? What? Like, wh- I, what? Yeah, a lot of questions all the time. A lot of confusion, uh, a lot of me not being able to keep track of, like, who is who? How uh-huh. are they related to so-and-so? Is this person in this storyline or this storyline? Uh, will these guys' storylines ever cross? Like, I yeah. I agree with you. I think this could have been a really interesting, like, movie or a show. I, yes. I think it lends uh-huh. itself better to that than it really does, as a at least for me, as a book. Because for me, it was just way too much to keep track of. Exactly. I felt the same way. And I was, like you know, same as you. I was like, why the kids? Like, what about the kids? Why do we have Queen Helka involved? Like, we keep talking about her, but she's, like, barely ever there. Yeah. And her storyline with, like, Skulk and shit doesn't make sense. Um, I was like, could we get any more information about the old gods, please? Mm -hmm. Like, at any... I was like, 478 pages, and they don't (laughs) give me any explanation of the gods at all. I am... Mm -hmm. Chandler's laughing because I'm gesturing violently with the book. Just swinging her book around. Like, (laughs) such a big book for me getting nothing about the old gods and understanding any of the mythology of this land at all. Um, And also, I was really frustrated with, like, Ilska's whole thing like with her Mm -hmm. whole band of people like she just like maybe the second book goes into it more but like I felt like we said that this whole book that he's got to go into it more and I I just as of what I've seen now he doesn't he just doesn't care he's like you're gonna just get this and how I want you to and yeah the end but and I I agree with you I was not a fan of 
all of the different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. It made it really confusing. Um, it felt like too much and it made everything harder to remember. And I honestly was like, I kind of wish that he had either removed Elvar completely mm-hmm. and just done Orca and Varg. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, or he had not made Elvar the main character, maybe just like quickly talking about the battle grim. Mm-hmm. Um, or he made all of them like smaller books Right. That are more focused on, like, each character or something. I don't know. I just felt overwhelmed by all of the different viewpoints. And, like, I did like the connection point at the end, but getting there was a... It was tough. It was a tough go. Yeah. So I think, are you... Are we ready to rate this book? Yes. So do you have any more points that you want to bring up at like over, about the book as a whole? Oh, I do have two more. Um, so I said like I felt like this book was just kind of a loose connection of really good ideas that just mm. didn't go together well. Yep. Like there's b- scenes that are fantastic. Yeah. And then it's just <clears throat> around it. <laughs> and I felt kind of like what you were saying. Like this book is more like – would totally lend itself to a screenplay so mm-hmm. much better mm-hmm. than a book. Yeah. Like, this is a show I would watch the shit out it of this. It would be really interesting. Like, I think we said this in the first episode, it's very Game of Thronesy, And, like, Game of Thrones, there's a ton of different storylines and mm-hmm. characters. And, like, I remember that being really hard to follow. But, like, it was a really good show. And I feel like this gives me that same... Uh, I don't know, same essence as that. Yeah, I agree. And then um, I also said... Um, I, I also, I feel bad for saying this, but like, I just don't feel like this was a very well-written book. I oh, feel like it okay. was poorly written okay. for the fact that like, there's so much that's unexplained. There's so mm. much that um, doesn't really feel like it connects. Um, the interim scenes are awkward and the characters are awkward together. Like the only like real connection is like, Svik, Rokia, and Varg, and it doesn't come until the very end. Mm-hmm. Orca barely connects with anyone around yep. her. Like, Elvar's connections to other people are super awkward and weird. Superficial kind of. Yeah, yeah, and they feel gross to me. Like, anytime Elvar interacts with anyone besides Grend, I'm yeah. like, this is gross. Well, even with Grend, though, she totally takes advantage of him and his, like, goodwill. And uh-huh. So I, I really just despise her as a character yeah she and i just don't feel like there was many characters in this book that i liked and which i guess is not necessarily a bad thing but just for me i was like the fact that i don't really like any of your main characters i mean Mm -hmm. i like varg enough but i was like but the characters i enjoy are your side characters like i want to know more (laughs) about that like Mm -hmm. i don't think like that's not great to me right um and like i think i understand where he's going with it is which is that all people have some kind of flaws that make them shitty or yeah. you know uh, you know you might relate to some parts of them and not others so i feel like i understand where he was going but mm-hmm. the execution made it such that I couldn't really relate to the characters and i wasn't interested or wasn't uh i didn't really care yeah it's just like that's a great point that like yeah that to do that, like, if you have care, all your characters are very flawed, which is very human, um, like, you have to at least be interested in the redemption arc mm-hmm. of them or, like, their pathway to, like, you know, getting better or something. And you're right. Like, I just didn't, I just didn't care. It wasn't there. And then the relationships between the characters, like you said, was just, 
not non-existent. And that is a part of books that I really enjoy is watching characters interact with each other mm-hmm. and build meaningful relationships and like them having banter and it just that was such a minimal part yeah non-existent in some in some cases so it was just not I think overall not a book made for me yes I was like I don't like it at all Mm -hmm. um but I did write like I can see how people would like this book Mm -hmm. like I can see why people would enjoy it I'm just not the audience I think if you're someone who really enjoys like viking or like that kind of like very medieval um kind of game of thronesy high fantasy type of book because mm-hmm. and people are probably gonna get really mad at me i don't like game of thrones like i don't think the <gasps> books are good at all Oh wait but what about the show i watched the first season of it and i was like deeply uncomfortable oh, well, with it yeah, yeah, which i think is the goal but yeah. i was like i don't want to watch this like i don't need to be i didn't made. know that i was like i don't need to do this and i had read the books and i was just like i felt that the show was adding even more to it than the books even had and the books mm. were like super intense mm-hmm. um and yeah i don't like the show i've only seen the first season so i don't know how much like if it gets even better if i would like it down the road but the mm-hmm. books i do not like them at all mm, okay and like most people have heard my like large rants about like game of thrones i books. think i've heard it before but i think i blocked it out because i was like <laughs> you fool how could, how could anyone <laughs> dislike the show game of thrones <laughs> but yeah i don't like the books and i think that this is kind of in that same vein and i mm-hmm. like you said like I just was not the audience at mm-hmm. all for this book. Because a lot of people like this book. If you look at it on Goodreads or a lot of other places, it's rated really well. And I was, yeah. and so I think when, when we first got into this book, I was like, hell yeah, this is going to be so good. Uh, and I was really hopeful, but uh, I think it was not for us. Yeah. So, so what is your final rating out of five? Mm-hmm. So... I think based on the way it ended, uh-huh. I'm I'm going to rate it higher than I was going to. Ah, okay. So based on the way it ended, I would rate it a three out of five. Okay. If it didn't end the way that it did with all the storylines kind of intensifying and we get to see uh, what we, the relationships between characters, like who's whose brother and whatever, if I didn't get to see all that, I'd rate it a two. Like I would just... Uh-huh. Like, yeah. if we had stopped last episode, yeah. I've been like, okay. e- easy to. But because it kind of picked up the pace uh-huh. um, the very end, I was like, ah, I'll throw you a bone. Mm-hmm. About a mm-hmm. three. So um, what about you? What would you rate it out of five? Um, So for me, I would rate it a two and a half okay. out of five. Yeah. And I did enjoy the ending, but I think I mentioned it in maybe our first episode about this that I really dislike that I have to read a bunch of pages and then in fantasy books and then at the end is when I get some payoff. Yep. Um, I I liked the payoff of Mm -hmm. this, but I usually give books two and a half if I'm like, if I finish it and I'm like, thank God, (laughs) like, thank God I'm done. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. that usually for me is a two and a half. Yeah. Um. If I am struggling to get through, and I'll give it a two, but this one I could like, I could move through it, but I was definitely happy when it ended. Yeah. So too. it's a two and a half for me. Um, but I, I definitely want to hit the point that like this just, I don't, Chandler and I just weren't the audience for this. So, exactly. Like, if this sounds like something that you're into, like definitely don't take other people's ratings, like just 
give it a give it a try and if you end up having the same feelings as us or if you are like you guys are totally (laughs) wrong like definitely reach out like definitely like tell us why we're wrong yeah reach out to us on instagram at tiny shed book club and like tell us why you agree with us or why we're like super idiots and we're wrong (laughs) but yeah at two and a half for tia and a three for chandler yep okay and oh what's what just we did it. <laughs> <laughs> so proud. So proud. And that's The Shadow of the Gods by John Gwynn. And that's a wrap for that. So should we talk about what book we're going to do next? Or when would you like to announce that? Should, should we announce it now? Should we give the or people wanna, what they want? Or do you want to tease them? Up to you. I'm happy um, either way. Let's let's give let's give the people what they want. <laughs> All right. So the Shadow of the Gods, that was the book that I picked out, and we are switching off every book. And so it is Tia's turn to pick a book. So Tia, what book are you picking for us next? I and if you saw on Instagram, I posted a stack of books that which one of these is our next book. So I if you got it right, woohoo, I would give you you have points. You have tiny book shit. <laughs> tiny shed book club points. Yep. Um, but I chose um, Meddling Kids by Edgar Quintero as our next book. Yay! Um, I'm so excited. I like Chandler. I saw it at Powell's um, and it had, it was like up in the front and it was like, people were saying it's really, really good. And I don't know, maybe it's going to go the same way as like John Gwynn. Oh, we're going to be like, man. can't trust the Powell's book like signs. I'm going to be so mad if this next book isn't at least like a four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to laugh so hard. Like, um, Powell's, you did us wrong. You did us dirty. So meddling kids and I will give a quick read of the, the back of the book. Um, In 1977, four teenagers and a dog, Andy the tomboy, Nate the nerd, Carrie the bookworm, Peter the jock, and Tim the Weimariner, solved the mystery of Sleepy Lake. The trail of an amphibian monster terrorizing the quiet town of Blighton Hills led the gang to spend a night in Debon Mansion and apprehend a familiar culprit, a bitter old man in a mask. Now, in 1990, the 20-something former teen detectives are lost souls. Plagued by night terrors and Peter's tragic death, the three survivors have been running from their demons. When the man they apprehended all those years ago makes parole, Andy tracks him down to confirm what she's always known. They got the wrong guy. Now she'll need to get the gang back together and return to Blighton Hills to find out what really happened in 1977, and this time, she's sure they're not looking for another man in a mask. A mad scientist concoction of H.P. Lovecraft, teen detectives, and a love of Americana, Edgar Cantero's Meddling Kids is a story filled with rich horror, thrilling twists, outright hilarity, and surprising poignancy. That sounds so exciting. It's very Scooby-Doo. It's like Scooby-Doo for grownups. It's like Scooby-Doo meets Stephen King's It. Yeah, okay. Like, hopefully the good parts of It, not the terrible parts of it oh okay (laughs) we hope we it's to be seen to be read those are our hopes but yeah so meddling kids um we will probably talk a little bit more next episode about the page breakdown yep um but um as we said earlier we kind of do around three to five chap or three to five episodes per book Mm -hmm. um so as of right now it's looking like three for meddling kids but we'll talk more about the breakdown in next week's um episode um but yeah 
Is there anything else, Chandler, before we do fuck yeahs and fuck yous? Nope. Other than I'm so thrilled to be done with this book and starting a new one. So <laughs> Me too. Let's go. Uh, would you like to go first for your fuck you? Yeah, I would love to. So for my fuck you, my fuck you is to my sciatic nerve in my back. <laughs> What's going on? So I don't... I, I did something to it a while ago. Yeah. And it's... Just, it's getting, like, pinched in my back, Mm. and it, like, has this pain that goes down from, like, my lower back, like, into my left butt cheek, and there's times where it's, like, hard to bend down, and it, like, kicks in out of nowhere, and it's, like, the most infuriating (laughs) thing. Like, all of a sudden, I'll just bend down, and I'm like, (laughs) and I think my major fuck you for it is... Is yeah, it hurts, but it also just makes me feel like old as hell. <laughs> you're like, you like bend over and you're broken. Exactly that I'm like, yeah. yay! I'm so excited that like bending at the waist is <laughs> painful, it's and, painful awful. and hard. So mostly, yeah, a, a fuck you to my sciatic oh. nerve because of age. Oh, I'm sorry, related malarkey, but <laughs> that's terrible. I hate that. Yeah, we're at the age now where if you sleep wrong, it's gonna ruin your whole week. Like your neck is like kinked and you're always just, you can only look left for the rest of the yeah, week. Right? For real. Like last <laughs> last summer when I was like, we went camping and I was uh-huh. like, I can't look to the right. Cause oh, like yeah. my neck. That was like, literally you. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so um, my body is a broken husk. <laughs> but what's, what's your fuck you? My fuck you. I'm going to give a warning that it's uh, more mm, like, I don't know. Not, serious is not the right word, but it's more intense, I guess, than your fuck you. So, okay. uh, so I work at a school. I teach high school. And I was gone on Wednesday, which means I leave my kids with a sub, mm-hmm. which is just like a normal fact of when you're a teacher. If you're not there, you leave a sub. So yeah. while I was gone, apparently one of my classes during class, uh, we have smart TVs at the front of the room, which we can project, you know, our, any videos or presentations. Yeah. Apparently one of my kids projected like a KKK rally on the, oh on, God. yeah, on the smart board Are you serious? in front of the whole class. Yeah. And this is not, uh, wh- what's the word? It's not unexpected, honestly, for these particular students in this class and it's not necessarily even unexpected it at this school or in this community and I don't work at a school in Portland just for anyone who's curious uh so Mm-hmm. Just the blatant racism that happens like in this particular school and district is really bad. And yeah. this school is known as like the racist school. And it's just, oh, Jesus. yeah, it's just been ongoing and really difficult to deal with. And I don't necessarily, necessarily feel like I'm being as supported by my admin as needed for this level of yeah, that's stupidity. So bad. Yeah. So if anyone out there is like racism's not real, well, let me let me tell you, it's uh, alive and well in some of our teenagers out here in the Pacific Northwest. So that's my fuck you to racist people. Yeah, major mm-hmm. fuck you to racist people, yeah. and hella fuck you to parents who teach that kind of bullshit to children. Yeah, and my suspicion is that we have some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not enableist, but parents who are not willing to punish is not the right word either, but not have repercussions for their, for their kids over this kind of stuff. And so anyways, that's my fuck you. So 
uh, let's let's go into our fuck yes, something something lighter. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yes. <laughs> um, so my fuck yeah is a big fuck yeah to cat adoption team here in in Oregon. They're in Sherwood. Um, they are this basically like a nonprofit cat adoption center, and this weekend I went and got a new little baby. You got a little baby. Little baby. He's a little black kitten. We named him Akuma, which is um, a shortening of the last name of the person who voice acts the little black cat Gigi in Kiki's Delivery Service. Because he looks just like that cat. But Gigi is a a girl's name. And we were, you know, of course, like cats... Like they don't follow our like gender norms. So, like don't don't come at me being like you can name him whatever you want. Um, I didn't feel like that name fit him. Yeah. But we were like he looks so much like it that we looked up the act the person who does it and their name is Ray Sakuma. Uh-huh. And we were like Akuma. That is that amazing. is the perfect. I love it. So his name is Akuma and we call him Kumi. And he is nine weeks old and he's two, tiny. He's teeny tiny and he's two point two pounds. But a big fuck yeah to the cat adoption that they were so sweet when I walked in and like was telling them like, you know, I I lost my other cat recently and I've been having a hard time with like my house feels really empty mm-hmm. um, and we have our sweet girl Yuffie. But, you know, I was like, I've never had like, it just doesn't feel right, right. without yeah. a baby. And um, they were so sweet and so kind and they do mm-hmm. such amazing work for cats. Mm-hmm. And I feel like so often people kind of like, don't look after cats the yeah, way they should yeah. and cat adoption team is incredible um they gave a, like a giant presentation about like how to best care for cats like they're there for you throughout the life of the cat um so if you want to support cat adoption because i'm pretty sure they are like solely supported by like donations mm-hmm. um you can either make them um your donation charity of choice on amazon smile or you can go to their website and just like donate to them directly um and that would be i'm you know, they would love those kind of donations. So uh, go to Cat Adoption Team and donate if you can and if you want to. And if you're in Oregon um, and you want a baby, go check them out. Go check them out. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm so glad that you got supported in your venture to get a new baby. And I still have to meet him. Yes. He's <laughs> so cute. I cannot wait. He is the cutest, tiniest little bean. Yeah. So yeah, fuck yeah to Cat Adoption Team. Hell yeah. What is your fuck yeah? Um, so my fuck yeah is directly related to my fuck you, which <laughs> little reminder we talked about racism. Um, so my fuck yeah is that I am leaving this school, leaving the district. So yeah, which I am. It's been in the works for a little while, and I put in my, you know, uh, resignation that I that I'm not coming back next year, mm-hmm. and I'm just so relieved yeah i don't think i could have done another year in this specific school in this specific district like there's just some toxic stuff that goes on and so i am thrilled to be on to something new and hopefully better i've been applying to schools uh in portland as well as some jobs that are not necessarily inside of a classroom but Mm -hmm. either way i'm just i'm so excited to be done with this it's been a rough year and the community out there is just kind of not the community I want to be in. So yeah. I'm very I'm very excited to be on to something else. I am so excited for you. Thank and you. definitely keep us and me updated on your 
possible new jobs but i'm so happy that you're getting out of that like really toxic environment yeah me too that is not supportive and that like even when you try to do the right like to -hmm. do the right thing that you're not supported in yeah doing that right thing exactly yeah so I know wherever I'm going to end up, it's it has just got to be better. Like, there's just no way it's not. You know, like, <laughs> if it's not, then I, 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 I don't want to be here. I'm going to fly to, I don't know, Australia, start, start, start a new, <laughs> start a cattle ranching farm in yeah, Australia. I don't want to be here. <laughs> well, big yeah, fuck yeah to new beginnings. Hell yeah. Um, any last thoughts or are we are we wrapping up until our next book? I think we're wrapping up our first book. Hell yeah. Woo! And then tune in next week where we'll break down more about meddling mm-hmm. kids. We'll talk about some random stuff. It's our uh, books and tangents. <laughs> yes, uh, it is. Episode. So tune in for that. All right. Well, don't forget your more Okay, this is yes. the second time. The second time. One of these times I'll actually get it right. <laughs> or maybe we'll just the, the the catchphrase at the end will be don't forget your milk bark. We need a shirt that just says don't forget, don't forget your, your milk bark. bark. All right. Well, another another news, don't forget your bookmark and to lock the shed behind you. Bye.